and the lights came on and it all of a sudden this whole weight of me feeling like I was underperforming, I was uh, inadequate somehow, I was different, weird, all those feelings just lifted with this awareness that I'm an introvert. I just like something different than the way things are set up right now. And that was life changing. Welcome to the Introvert Dear Podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. Hi, podcast listeners. Just a quick note that we've set up an Amazon affiliate page where you can see all the books we mention in this show. When you purchase a product from this page, you help support this podcast. You can find our page at amazon.com slash shop slash introvert deer. Okay, here's the show. Hi, fellow introverts. Today, we're talking with Lori Helgo, author of the book, Introvert Power, which is in its 10th year. This was a book I read many years ago when I was first learning about my introversion. And Lori is someone who inspired me to start reaching out to other introverts and later go on to create introvert deer. She is currently working on a book called Fragile Bully, which is about how narcissism plays out in our cultural and interpersonal relationships. I'm so excited to be talking with her today. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. So Lori, how did you find out you were an introvert and did this knowledge change your life in some way? So when I think of the life-changing moment, I actually think of a time when I remembered I was an introvert. I kind of had that knowledge uh, somewhere in my consciousness. In fact, I'd taken a personality test back in graduate school and filed it away somewhere. But it was when I was going through my own personal psychoanalysis uh, and said out loud this truth that I I hadn't really registered for myself, which was that my work, the work I had invested my life into, was not fun. It was draining me. I was was not liking it, (laughs) to put it simply. And these words were not ones that I think I could have uttered unless I felt very safe because I was still paying student loans. I was invested in this this work as a psychologist. But what it was that was straining me was that I was in a busy clinic, pressure to keep my numbers up, you know, see a lot of people. And this feeling, this nagging feeling that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't, um, I, I, I didn't want my numbers high. I wanted to see it just a few people and I wanted to have longer conversations and I wanted to study more. And there were all these, these ways I wanted to expand my experience, but the pressures were getting in the way. So to say that out loud that, yeah, I'm, I don't like this. I don't like my work was a pretty scandalous statement and at the same time was incredibly liberating. And that's where I think it's like, well, of course I'm an introvert. <laughs> oh, okay. And the lights came on and it 
all of a sudden this whole weight of me feeling like I was underperforming, I was uh, inadequate somehow, I was different, weird, um, morally bankrupt, whatever <laughs> way we could, you know, uh, negatively interpret it. All those feelings just lifted with this awareness, I'm an introvert. I just like something different than the way things are set up right now. And, um, and that was life changing. It took me a while before I could restructure things for myself to make more room for myself. But that was, that was my moment. That's such a great feeling when you better understand who you are and you're at peace being yourself. And this is a, another exciting time, like that was an exciting time for you. This year marks the 10th anniversary of your book, Introvert Power. So first off, congratulations, Lori. What inspired you to write the book and have any of the ideas you shared evolved since you first published it? Oh, wow. Yes. The evolution has been amazing. Um, but to start with, what inspired me, I think the seed got planted when I had that experience in my analyst's office. And, um, and I felt that liberation of, of stating my truth rather than apologizing for it. And yet I think that when I actually started writing the book was, was a few years later when I was on a trip. Uh, went with my son and a group of people to the Amazon and we were, everything was structured in group um, setting. So the excursion, when we came back, we didn't have electricity. It was torchlight. So we were all in communal settings until we took our headlights out, lamps out to our cabins to go to sleep. It was, um, and, and there was a sense I had that, everybody seems fine with this, this looking out into the world and seeing and not seeing my own reflection. And I, at that moment, uh, started in, <laughs> I, I snuck off to my cabin and probably overused my headlight and started writing this book, um, writing notes for it. And because what I felt in my heart and I was, was that, there are other people who feel this, who look around and don't see mirrors. They don't see people reflecting back what they're experiencing. And I want to reach those people. And that's when you say in terms of the evolution, what has come back to me in spades is just this, this reflection that not only have I reached these people, but they were in these same isolated pockets of experience where they felt alone, different, inadequate, and um, and and starting to see that there there are others. Well, like half the population that that have similar experiences. We just haven't had a lot of vehicles to talk about it. Now, in these ten years since Introvert Power came out, it's there's not only vehicles, I mean, Introvert Deer is a wonderful vehicle. Um, I see social media and images of introverts, which I, I love, that there is a sense we actually actually key reflect, reflect. I love the, the cartoonists that have graced the internet, like uh, 
introvert doodles and INF Joe and um, just a number of them who uh, where's my bubble who have these delightful images of what goes on in the minds of introverts, what kind of uh, uh, preferences and joys introverts experience. And so um, I think that loneliness, which was, I think, part of my incentive for writing the book, um, as it's been lifted for me, I, I am thrilled to see that it's been lifted for so many others. First of all, let me say, I love that phrase, stating your truth, not apologizing for it. That's really powerful. I think so Thank many you. of us introverts go around apologizing for who we are. We we say sorry when we want to spend time alone. We say sorry when we want to leave the party early or whatever it might be. But it shouldn't be something we have to apologize for. I'm going to keep that in mind myself. It's it's going to be a statement, not an apology. That's great. <laughs> yes, that's. That's it's it's a subtle shift, but so powerful. Yeah, that is. And I think you're right. We're just we're talking about introversion so much more. There's been a lot of times recently where I've been in some coffee shop, literally working on a post for introvert dear, and I'll hear people at the table next to me talking about being an introvert. You know, similarly trying to explain to a friend that they're an introvert and what that means. And things like that didn't happen even a few years ago. So it's just such an exciting time. And it's just, um, you know, it's really incredible that you've been able to contribute to that. I I know Interrupt Power has played a big part in that. So thank you. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest mistakes people make about introverts and their identities? In other words, what are some misconceptions about introverts? Right. Well, there are a number of them, and I kind of address them one by one in the book. Um, and, and some of those are, like you say, you will hear people at the table explaining what introversion is. And I love it when somebody actually explains to me what introversion is. I'm like, yes, it's getting around. Um, and, you know, so I think, I think we're out there is the message. Introversion is not shyness. Introversion has more to do with how we process information we do so internally. We think before we speak, we need, you know, that, that kind of internal processing time. So we just the having a lot of people around and a lot of activity can um, overstimulate us more easily. Um, so we may look shy because we're pulling away from that, but we're actually just trying to, you know, catch up with our own thinking. Um but I, I think the part that I think is the biggest and, and most tragic uh, misconception is that introverts, introversion is a deficit. That to be introverted means that you lack extroversion. And the sad thing is that um, the psychology profession has um, contributed to that view because of the way we measure introversion and extroversion, um, not with the Myers-Briggs, but with some of our research tools, we actually will talk about introversion as low extroversion. (laughs) And when you think about it, it's kind of the same along the lines of what happened with, you know, what's happened with talking about women using the male pronoun, like everybody's he, is that we see men. (laughs) 
Well, if we talk about, you know, if we only use the extroversion term, we always see our extroverts and introverts are just this blank, uh, you know, kind of this blank, this, this empty, uh, you know, question mark. And so that I encourage people, that's another reason why, you know, I go with this don't apologize in form kind of thing. If you're not, don't want to go out on a Friday night, um, you don't talk about, yeah, I'd really, that sounds great. I'd really like to do that. Um, how cool, you know, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to be doing some loser activity at home. Tell the truth that I am, <laughs> I'm really excited about what I've got going tonight. You know, and I got this great book I can't wait to tear into. I'm going to sit out my deck. It's, you know, you guys go have fun, but I've got, you know, I've, I've just been thinking about this all day. I can't wait to do this. Um, so I, I, I think starting to talk about introversion as a plus rather than a minus and to recognize that introversion actually has I mean, there's different things that go on in the brains of an introvert versus an extrovert. We we have more um, activity in response to stimulation. That's because something's happening, not because we're blank and zoned out. <laughs> so I, I think that's um, that's one that I think we still have work to do on. Part two of your book bears the heading "Introverts Wish List," which I think is an awesome heading. What do introverts desire and need most to be at their best in functioning most naturally? Yes, I love writing that too, because this was about um, kind of just the, what I call melting into introversion. We, we so often are taught to um, pull out of it, you know, get out of your comfort zone, you know, just get out, do something, be with people, interact, blah, blah, blah. So this is the, the introvert wish list. I, I look at, you know, what, what do we, what do we salivate over? Um, so one thing is we want space and I mean, physical space. I, I remember talking, um, I was on a talk show with uh, a woman who, who said that she would, she got overstimulated. She would go and, and stare at a white wall just to get, you know, to clear the, the, uh, the, the clutter away. But I think that having our own space, I talk about how when, you know, we're kids, we have a room of our own and what happens to that? We, we grow up and we don't get a room of our own. Maybe we share it with a partner or we have designated spaces for designated activities but I really encourage people to think in terms of designing their own space, uh, whether it means transforming uh, an office into something that's more personal and reflective of who you are, or actually, you know, having a, a cubby where you read that you really make yours in some way. Um, outdoor spaces can serve that as well. Uh, I think just attending to that. Uh, so many of us are stuck in cubicles at our offices, but that doesn't mean that we have to um, always work in that space. Sometimes you can, uh, you know, snag a, a conference room, uh, 
see more and more people do some of their work in coffee shops. But space is one thing on that list that I rank highly. Um, Time, of course, again, that was something that I really recognized that I was lacking. Time to think, time to catch up with our own thoughts. Um, I talk about cultures that embrace introversion more and um, and even just thinking about what would our introversia, what would our, you know, your ideal culture look like? And, and you start thinking in that way and you can start to create that culture more. You can ask people to pause. You can um, tell them, hey, hold on, I want to give this more thought rather than just going along with the pace that, that is set by somebody else. I love the idea of having your own space. And I'm curious, what's in your space, Lori? So I have, I'm just looking at it right now because I'm in that space. I have a um, big jar full of bookmarks. I love bookmarks. And they remind me by looking at them of my love of books. And um, there's some that, and even the, the what I have, that specific book, marks I've collected might feature authors or artists or artwork that I like. I have a, um, a little wooden doll from Japan, and Japan is one of the places I talk about as having a more introverted culture, little stickers from Tokyo. Um, I have some fans. I have a lot of Japan stuff, I guess, because, yeah, I'm kind of creating this mini culture of Japan, I guess, um, and without even maybe having known I'm doing that. Um, books, of course, I have books around me. And I have recently just picked up a little, it was at what was it, World Market. Um, it's a little ball that has, it's like a globe, but it's uh, I can hold it in my hand. And when I do that, I feel like I'm holding the world. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Those are some, some of the things I have. Some very cool stuff there. How about you, Jen? What's in your corner? Well, first, let me say I am so on board with this space thing. I live with my significant other, who is also an introvert, and we live in a small apartment. So I am currently in the process of trying to carve out my own little spaces to make me feel just uh, more at peace and like I have more control over my space. Uh, I'm actually sitting in mine right now. It's a corner, literally a corner of my apartment with my own desk and lamp and wall art that I picked out and decorated myself. And I can't tell you how much of a wonder it does to my introverted sanity to just have a space that's all my own. So Lori, how can introverts celebrate their introversion? First, can I ask Bo about his space? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I love hearing that. Bo thought he was going to get out of this. (laughs) In my space, I I also have a bookshelf full of books. I love books too. And really just stuff that I can create with. I got my guitar in the corner and some microphones and uh, just a lot of like, honestly, a lot of the stuff in my space happens on the computer because I like creating digital things. So ways to record video or a microphone or to write, like I think we all like to do any of that sort of thing really 
is enjoyable for me. So something to create with. That's a big part of my space. Uh-huh. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> How can introverts celebrate their introversion? So um, before, actually, I have a little section of my book that I thought I would read it's because it describes the introvert celebration. But I also wanted to use this little uh, time to mention that because it is the 10th anniversary of introvert power this year, I'm inviting people out there to celebrate with me by sharing a quote or a favorite idea from my book, um, a favorite thought about introversion or something they've learned. And uh, to do so on my introvert power page on Facebook with the hashtag introvert power 10. And I'm going to give away a book to someone I draw from who's, who's used that, that hashtag. So it's hashtag introvert power 10. So, because I, again, I, I feel like, this is what we need. It's this celebration. It's this plus kind of experience. And, um, and I, I think it's easy for us introverts and Jen, I'm sure you run into this too. It's like, Oh, you know, um, we, we tend to be humble types or, you know, we, we like kind of keeping the good stuff inside. Um, and yet to do so too much, I think can make us forget that we have all this good stuff. So anyway, so that's, that's my little uh, celebration that I want to share. So that's hashtag introvert power 10 on your Facebook page. Yes. And you can win a free book, a free introvert power book. Yeah. Signed. Yeah. Signed book. Yes. So, um, yeah. So it, I will read from, uh, and I have a chapter on celebrating introversion, and I talk about what I call the yin celebration. We, if you're familiar with the yin and yang, the uh, symbol and that whole idea is that uh, that both of these polarities kind of flow into each other and they create um, wholeness and richness of experience. So we don't do so, wouldn't do so well if we had day without night. Um, but the yin is kind of the bright outward um, reaching force, whereas the yin is the part that pulls in. It's kind of like the ebb, you know, and uh, and it's very powerful as well. It may not be so visible. So this is what I write about the yin celebration. We celebrate introversion when we gaze at the beauty of a full moon. We touch introversion when we feel cool earth under bare feet and when we rest in the shade of a tree. We behold introversion in open expanses of nature and in uncluttered interiors. We savor introversion by candlelight and starlight in the pages of the book and in the meeting of minds. An introvert party is three people sprawled on couches and pillows, reading and occasionally talking. Or a couple cuddling by a fire at camp, savoring the music of crackling wood and crickets. Your introversion party might be a solitary walk where thoughts are exposed to air and become clear. You might find your party in meditation when time expands and everything seems possible. Your party might come with popcorn as you passionately observe the big screen of the theater 
or with a steaming cup of Ethiopian blend as you watch people from your table at the coffee house or with a cold beer as you watch the world go by from your porch. I love that section of the book. I just get a great picture in my mind and can see myself those different places. And uh, I'm wondering what part of the book had a, a big impact on you, Lori? What was the, the most meaningful part of the book that you wrote? I think the most powerful um, edition, that's, this came out with the second edition of Introvert Power. I added uh, chapter five, um, which is the Get Happier Mandate. And where that came from is all this literature I was reading associating introversion with depression or on the contrary, uh, on the flip side, extroversion with happiness. And um, introversion almost became a psychiatric diagnosis or a part of psychiatric diagnosis when the most recent diagnostic manual, psychiatric diagnostic manual came out. And there was huge backlash against that that the word introversion was being pathologized to mean something different. Um, and so that didn't happen, thankfully. And, um, and more specific, accurate language was used in these diagnoses. But what I discovered when I really looked into the literature is that we were using, um, this research was using one particular definition of happiness that is very culturally bound. And that is this very exuberated, high ener- exuberant, high energy happiness, which is the hallmark of extroversion. What was not being looked at was something that's called low arousal positive affect. This is the happiness that more associated with Eastern cultures, more valued in those cultures, Um, Words like tranquility, satisfaction, savoring, um, those words will capture that kind of happiness more. And so we we have been kind of um, basing this idea that, you know, introverts are unhappy on on just a (laughs) an extroverted. quality. So it's like, okay, you're not extroverted. Therefore you don't have extroversion. Therefore you don't have extroversion. Okay. We knew that (laughs) we knew we didn't have extroversion as much. I mean, we all have some mix. What we have is, is this other um, preference for the way we experience uh, happiness in, in one sense, because we tend to get overstimulated. So this happy, high energy, wild happiness is sometimes not so great for us. Um, so I, I think that was, that was a very powerful discovery for me and a powerful addition, um, you know, to the book when I, um, updated it, uh, five years ago. So, um, it's hard to pick among your children though. It's like, Oh, I could, I could talk about other chapters that come to mind or other parts of it. But, um, I think that one was was a game changer for me. Lori, could you share a few concepts or ideas from your book that readers have consistently found to be the most helpful? Sure. Well, what I hear from um, people all the time is just this very simple shift 
of seeing themselves as um, not weird, <laughs> as as not um, as not having a deficit, but that what they they experience is normal and um, and shared by so many people. I think that's the other thing that that people have commented. Um, and, and I think of one letter I got from a teenager that particularly uh, moved me and actually published it in the second edition, which was with her permission. Um, and she talked about going to bed at night, um, just hating herself and hating her life and feeling like she didn't exist. And, um, and then after reading uh, my book and also just recognizing herself in the pages and, um, and seeing herself in an accepting way, she said she just held herself differently. It wasn't that she did anything differently, but she stopped apologizing for staying home on a Friday night. She, you know, held herself differently. She engaged when she wanted to and didn't and was quiet when she wanted to. And she said, suddenly people noticed me. It was like, all of a sudden I, I, I was there again. And, um, and, uh, and, and people, you know, it, it, it was to me so powerful because it was such, it was this subtle change I see in people all the time that is so powerful, which is just, going from that minus to the plus. Okay. I am not a deficit. I am a person with preferences and these preferences are valid and they make sense. And actually I like them. I, I like being who I am. So I I think that has been very helpful. Um, And I think you're doing that work too, Jen, with introvert deer, just that, it's so many ways of, of showing people that showing people themselves, I think in a, in a different, using different language, using the language of abundance instead of deficit. Oh, thank you. I'm trying. I always felt very weird. And like you said, like there was something wrong with me or I was a deficit well, because I was a quiet person because I like spending time alone and as, as you mentioned earlier, I often compared myself to other people like you did. And I wondered why everyone else was having so much fun hanging out in a group. And I wasn't, I was getting tired. So yeah. it's, um, it's just so powerful to reframe that and think about it differently. Lori, you've shared some awesome ideas, many that I'll think about in the future. But I'm wondering if you had to boil it all down, what do you think is the most important thing our listener, our listener should take away from today's show? Well, I may be redundant here, but I I think that the simple act of when you're ready to apologize or explain something in kind of a negative way to just turn that into a statement, it can even be the intonation of how you say it. So, um, no, I'm going to stay home tonight can be, no, I'm staying home tonight. I am not letting anybody get in the way of that plan. I mean, just the intonation of how you say that, making it a statement instead of an apology. If you can take that one little piece, I think you'll start to change the world. 
Toward the end of each podcast, we like to give our listeners a challenge that they can try at home over the next two weeks. So Lori, what's one thing our listeners can try over the next 14 days? All right. I would encourage people to try something. Um, it's not my original idea, but I've used it with great uh, joy is uh, the artist date. Um, what I would just say is a solo date, a date with yourself. Uh, Julia Cameron uh, uses this, encourages people to do this on a weekly basis um, as a, to help um, to help kind of feed their creative process. But what an artist date is, or a solo date, is is simply taking yourself out, um, whether it be to you just going to peruse a bookstore for an hour or two, um, or you're going to go to a film by yourself. And then and this is one of my favorite things to do because I, I get to sit back and, and in this womb-like environment and just melt into a story. And then afterwards, I usually spend some time just with a meditative walking because I can look around and it's as if that big screen is everywhere around me and I'm still in that observant place. Um, going to an art gallery and just looking. You'll notice a lot of times with, this is another way to celebrate introversion, I think, is to go to an art gallery because you'll see how beautiful introversion is Portraits are usually of people in an introvert place where you, you know, Mona Lisa, think of, you know, you wonder what's going on. There's, there's that, um, that mystery there, but, or going to an interesting shop, but I would just encourage, you know, to, to give yourself a generous amount of time by yourself, taking in images, uh, reveling in, um, in, in, a solo experience out in the world and, um, and see what that does for you. On a personal note, what's the best book you've read recently? Oh, this is such a hard question for me because I, I have, I usually have a few books going at once. (laughs) I just, um, I just started and I'm enamored with, um, Thomas Mann's magic mountain, um, And it's funny because in the first few pages, he's talking about space in this way that, that just, I want, you know, there's some books that you want to just sit with the words. Um, Virginia Woolf to the lighthouse was like that for me. I just wanted to sit with a sentence and just rest in it and highlight it and, you know, uh, let it just milk it somehow. And then there's, uh, I guess on the other side, the books that one book that I enjoyed recently, uh, kind of beachy read is Carl Hyacinth's is basket case, which is just features some very quirky, uh, characters, um, and, and kind of absurd in its, uh, portrayal of them. But I, I kind of enjoy quirky and weird. And so, that's a nice kind of escapist read that I had recently. Um, So yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. And finally, Lori, how can our listener learn more about you and what you do? 
So you can go to my website, which is either under uh, com or introvertpower.com. And there you'll find all kinds of things about me and about my books. And also I have a gallery page of my paintings, um, which is another introvert, introvert indulgence of mine. And I interact most uh, frequently on my Introvert Power page on Facebook. And that's a nice place where uh, we can have a conversation and people can uh, share and post. And of course, I welcome your hashtag Introvert Power 10 posts. Um, and then uh, I also am there on Twitter under Lori Helgo. Um, and in, uh, psychology today, um, I have a blog, which is introvert power, big surprise, um, food for the, uh, inner life, I believe is the, the subtitle, but you'll find it under introvert power. That's, that's a place where I have a little more space to explore, uh, some of my musings. So I welcome, uh, listeners to all of those places and, and to join the, very quiet party. And don't forget to check out her book, Fragile Bully, which I believe you said it comes out in the fall. Is that correct? Yes, we don't have a launch date yet, but I will be keeping people updated. And um, I'm very excited about that, which is another look at, you know, a relationship between personality and culture, which is one of my favorite things to think about. So, um, yes, I am excited to share the news when that comes out. I'll definitely be looking for your book. And to our listeners, don't forget to head over to her Facebook page and Twitter page and leave your favorite quote from Introvert Power using the hashtag Introvert Power 10. And you could win a signed free copy of Introvert Power. I think I want a signed copy of uh, Introvert Power. That would be really cool. I know I do. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for being on our show today, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. And if it's any indication that we have a lot to talk about, right, we could probably go even longer. And so I really appreciate having all this time to celebrate introversion with you. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Dear podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone. 